Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to deal with the rising cost of inflation to pay off your debt or your mortgage, pretty much anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Well, with Yahoo Finance, you can get access to the news, data, and tools that you need in order to help you reach that financial freedom. And when it comes to your financial future, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, you've invested all that you can. And now you need to take those investments to the next level by using what every financial great uses. Yahoo Finance. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Hi, everybody. This is Peter Schiff. It is Wednesday. June 17th, 2015. You know, today was the day when many people thought the Fed would finally raise interest rates from zero, where they've remained for what, almost seven years. You know, they've been referring to the process as a liftoff, right? Kind of like a spaceship, you know, a rocket lifting off from the launch pad. But I don't think that's the proper metaphor because liftoff, uh, when it comes to a spaceship, would imply that once rates go up, they're going way up, right? Like, like they're going to the moon or something. But Janet Yellen herself, and I'll talk about that a little later in this video blog, but she went out of her way to remind people that even if the Fed were to raise rates by a quarter of a point, don't expect them to raise them again anytime soon or to raise them by very much. So it hardly reminds me of some kind of a liftoff unless you're going to hearken back to the early days of the space program uh, when the rockets were blowing up pretty much, you know, just after they cleared the launch pad. I mean, they would, they would start to take off and then they would explode right away or they would turn upside down. Maybe that's the kind of liftoff that we're going to have because the minute the Fed tries to raise rates, the entire economy is going to explode just like those old Mercury program rockets that were uh, early launched in uh, the NASA space race. But let me go back to what did happen today following uh, the Fed's announcement that they would not raise interest rates. So now the June rate hike is off the table. And of course, everybody is still focusing their attention on September when I think the Fed will once again disappoint and fail to raise interest rates. But more important, I think, than their official statement, which of course, uh, they painstakingly review every word. uh, I think you can glean more from the question and answers, which are a little bit more off the cuff Uh, than the prepared remarks. But I believe, again, the prepared remarks are just a smokescreen. What the Fed is trying to accomplish there is to pretend that its monetary policy has worked and that we have a legitimate recovery so that they can actually raise rates, when in fact they can't do that because they don't have a real recovery. They've inflated a gigantic bubble 
And if they raise rates, they'll prick that bubble. But of course, Janet Yellen can't let that cat out of the bag. So they have to maintain the pretense that everything is fine. And if everything were fine, then of course, the Fed would be raising rates, which they have not done. But they keep talking about doing it to try to reassure the markets that their failed policy has, in fact, succeeded. But I think the Q&A, as I said, is a little bit more revealing. First of all, I forget which reporter asked this question. It was the first one. It was a female reporter. And she asked Janet Yellen uh, about the fact that there are a lot of people, including you know, the IMF, for example, or the uh, World Monetary Fund, and some economists, including some on the Fed, who think the Fed should raise interest rates in 2016 and not 2015, as everybody believes uh, uh, Janet Yellen is planning to do. So the reporter asked Janet Yellen, why are those people wrong, right? Why are the people who think the Fed should wait until 2016, why are they wrong? And instead of telling the reporter why they're wrong, she basically ducked the question. And in fact, what she did is she, she pointed to the dot plots, which is the FOMC members' estimates of where they believe interest rates will be at some point in time in the future and where those dots currently sit. And by the way, those dots are coming down. They're lower in this meeting than they were at the last meeting. So why anybody would think they're closer uh, to a rate hike based on these dots, I don't know how they get that. But what Janet Yellen was saying is that the, the idea that the Fed is going to raise rates later this year is based on these dots, which she reminded the reporter are mere projections. She said that this reflects the forecasts of the FOMC members. And so they only believe that rates are going to go up later this year based on their rosy economic forecasts that they have for the U.S. economy. And Janet Yellen admitted that if these forecasts are wrong, if the economy is not as strong as the forecasters believe, well, then no rate hikes are coming. Now, of course, what does that tell you? Because the FOMC board members are always too optimistic. They always believe the U.S. economy is going to be stronger than it turns out to be. So if this is another example of history repeat itself again, right, if they're wrong again and they've overestimated the strength of the U.S. economy, what does that mean about the dots? Well, just erase them. They don't mean anything because it's all based on a belief that is not going to be validated by reality. So I looked at that as another tacit admission that rates aren't going up because, again, she's hiding behind the data. And she even said as much in the Q&A. She said that if the economy is not as strong as we think, well, then the rate hikes will have to come later and they will have to be uh, even less uh, than we planned, even though she's went out of her way to say that even if they do raise rates, they're barely going to uh, go up. But I thought an even more revealing comment was an answer she gave to a question from Steve Leisman, who I joke about quite a bit. Uh, He's the senior economist over at CNBC. And uh, he asked the question, but he really didn't appreciate uh, the answer very much. I mean, he he didn't pick up on this. He should have. But he asked her specifically, you know, what do we need to see happen in the labor market or with the inflation rate uh, uh, to justify a rate hike? Because remember, the initial target when it comes to inflation or more specifically unemployment that was created by Ben Bernanke, he said six and a half percent unemployment was the trigger, right? That was a target. We get to six and a half, we can start raising rates. 
Well, we're at five and a half and they're still at zero, right? So that target was moved. And again, the minute that he threw down that gauntlet, the minute he established that target, I said on my video blog, I said, he's, he's going to move it. I said, I don't care where unemployment goes. If it goes to six and a half percent or lower, the Fed will not raise rates. And here we are several years later. And I'm right because rates are still at zero, despite the fact that Ben Bernanke promised to raise them if unemployment got to six and a half. How did I know that he was uh, lying? Because I knew that he couldn't raise rates no matter what. So I knew whatever he said, if we ever got there, he would have to backtrack. So Steve Leisman is now asking Janet Yellen to commit to something. But the interesting part of her non-committal answer, uh, she said that the labor markets had clearly improved substantially over the years, right? Obviously, right, the unemployment rate has gone from 10% to five and a half. And so in her mind, this is a big improvement. Of course, there are a lot of aspects of the market that have gotten worse that maybe she doesn't want to acknowledge. But let's accept the fact that Janet Yellen believes, right, that the labor market has improved substantially over the years, right, over the six or seven years that we've had 0% interest rates. But this is what she told Steve Leisman. She said, even though we've had all these improvements, it's not enough. She said, I need to see further improvements in the labor market before we begin to raise rates, before we begin, right? The first rate hike, in order for that to happen, Janet Yellen is going to have to see um, more improvement in the, the labor market. Well, if she really was planning on raising rates in September, that's in three months. How much improvement in the labor market does Janet Yellen really believe is going to occur in the next three months? I can't imagine very much. I mean, it's been years, right? How much more could we get in three months? I mean, if the labor markets are too weak to raise rates today, what's going to change in three months? In fact, there's a good chance that the labor markets will be weaker in three months than they are today, or not as strong, depending on how you want to phrase it. In which case, obviously, the Fed isn't going to raise rates at all, right? If the unemployment rate were to tick up, or if there was going to be an increase uh, in, or decrease rather, in labor force participation, or maybe the U6 rate, which includes the the people who are working part-time, but who want to be working full-time, if that starts to tick up, obviously that means the labor market has weakened. And so clearly, Yellen won't be able to raise interest rates under that scenario. But if she's telling Steve Leisman, and of course, not just Steve Leisman, this is not an intimate conversation. She knows that everybody is watching this, right? She's telling the entire world that before she can begin to raise interest rates, she needs to see additional improvements in the labor market. Not that the improvements that we've had over the years are sufficient. She needs more. And I can't imagine what's going to happen over the next three months uh, that would be an additional improvement that would now tip the balance in favor of a rate hike. To me, she's really letting the cat out of the bag. And what she's saying is we're not going to raise rates because clearly it's going to take more than three months to get the additional improvement that Janet Yellen claims that, that she wants. Also, I thought it was very interesting, too, that... Janet Yellen went out of her way to talk about the the rate hike itself. And she said that she doesn't know why people are so obsessed with the beginning. Well, maybe because, you know, the Fed has been talking about this for so many years. 
people really want to know when it's going to get started. I, you know, it's not really an obsession. I don't know why she can't figure out why people care when the first rate hike is coming. But basically what she said is it really is immaterial because she said, I don't know why anybody cares because just because we raise it once doesn't mean we're going to do it again. Right. And who knows when we're going to do it. Uh, it, they, they, we could raise it once and it may stay there for a year, maybe longer. So if Janet Yellen basically is saying that the first rate hike means nothing because it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be followed up by another rate hike, right? If it's not the beginning of normalization, if it's not the liftoff that everybody thinks, because it's not much of a liftoff if you just barely get off the launch pad and then you just hover, right? I mean, that's not really a liftoff. So what's the point of it? I mean, really what Janet Yellen is admitting is this rate hike is just symbolic. That the Fed really has no intention to follow through with additional rate hikes, even if they do a symbolic first rate hike. They're just trying to maintain the pretense that they can raise rates by raising them a tiny little bit and say, oh, you see, you see, we raised rates. Look, the official rate right now is zero to 0.25. It's not even officially zero. The range is zero to 0.25. So if instead the Fed lifts the bottom of that range so that the official rate is 0.25, it's no longer zero to 0.25, but 0.25. I mean, what difference does that make? It's still a highly stimulative, highly accommodative uh, interest rate, right? which is only necessary when you're trying to sustain a bubble. If Janet Yellen had legitimate confidence in this economy, she would have raised interest rates by a lot a long time ago. Which brings me to probably one of the most interesting uh, answers of the entire Q&A. Somebody asked her about the, uh, uh, the, the Federal Reserve under Alan Greenspan. And, you know, these Fed governors are very reluctant to criticize anybody, right? They don't want to criticize their predecessors because, of course, they make all the same mistakes. But Janet Yellen came very close to doing that with respect to, um, to Alan Greenspan. She was asked about the the slow way and the uh, methodical way that Greenspan raised interest rates from 2004 to 2006. Remember, that was a very slow and predictable. Every time they met, they went up from a quarter point and they started at one and they ended up somewhere in the fives. Right. But every every meeting they went up by 25 basis points. And she was asked about that. And she basically said that with the benefit of hindsight, that it appears as if it would have been better had the Fed raised rates quicker, that it was a mistake to move as slowly as they did. Now, a lot of things I want to point out here. First of all, it's not just the benefit of hindsight. Real time, I was very critical of Alan Greenspan on television, in my writings from 2004, 2006. I specifically said that these slow increases in interest rates were simply allowing the real estate bubble to get bigger. This was the very same bubble that both Alan Greenspan and Ben Bernanke at the time denied even existed. I knew that it was there, and I knew these slow rate hikes were making it even bigger, and that even more people were being lured in to the tender trap of adjustable rate mortgages, and because the Fed was so slow to raise rates, the bubble that it created would be that much bigger when it finally popped, And of course it did. And we had the financial crisis. But now Janet Yellen is saying, well, with the benefit of hindsight, they were too slow. But then she backtracked a little bit and said, well, but we're not even sure. Right. Maybe maybe they were too slow. Maybe they weren't. But there is an argument to be made 
that they were too slow. So in other words, you could argue, and Janet Yellen is arguing, that the Fed made a mistake, right? They raised rates too slowly. That was their mistake. Now, given that, right, what is Janet Yellen now proposing to do? Because now she wants to normalize interest rates, only she has to bring them up from zero, where they've been for six, seven years. It's not just 1%, where they were for a year and a half. And so what is she telling everybody that she's going to do? She's going to move rates back up even more slowly than Greenspan did. So if Greenspan's mistake was going too slow, how does she rectify that mistake by going even slower? I mean, what kind of distorted Fed logic is this? If you're going to semi-criticize Greenspan for raising rates too slowly, and then you're going to say, by the way, I'm going to raise them even more slowly than he did, right? I'm going to move them up just a tiny bit and just leave them there indefinitely. I mean, if it was a mistake for Greenspan to raise rates too slowly, what is this? What is, what is going on now with Greenspan? And remember, he didn't wait seven years to raise rates. He waited a year and a half. So Janet Yellen is letting rates sit at zero for six or seven years. And now she's barely going to raise them. And she's criticizing Alan Greenspan for raising them too slowly. I mean, you know, talk about pot calling a kettle black or, you know, living in a glass house and not throwing stones, whatever metaphor or saying you want to come up with, you can throw it at her. It's very hypocritical for criticizing Greenspan uh, for keeping rates too low for too long when you're keeping them way lower for way longer. Now, you know, maybe I'm not the only person that noticed just how dovish these statements were. I mean, to me, again, you know, you can read between these lines and there's a lot of space there. And the writing is in bold, uh, in all caps. So, you know, you don't have to be some kind of genius to figure out what Yon is saying. I mean, she's basically saying rates are not going up. And if they do go up, they're barely budging. Right. So we're going to keep interest rates at zero or practically at zero indefinitely. And why would she be doing that if we had a legitimate recovery? You know, she wouldn't. It's only because it's a bubble and she does not want to let the air out. And of course, the reality is sometime soon, maybe before the first rate hike, we're going to be back officially in recession and the Fed's going to have to launch QE4. But of course, they don't want to admit that now uh, because they want to pretend that QE worked. That way they can justify doing it again. They don't want to admit it's a failure because if they admit it's a failure, how do they justify doing it again? So they got to pretend it worked so they can do it one more time. But again, I don't think I'm the only person who noticed this. Look at what happened in the foreign exchange market. There was a knee-jerk reaction where the dollar spiked up initially as soon as the FOMC statement was released, right? There was a reflexive, oh, let's buy the dollar because, you know, there's all these dollar bulls out there that think, that the dollar is going to go up when the Fed raises rates. Meanwhile, all the gains of the dollar already happened, right? Everybody who thinks the dollar is going to raise rates, the Fed's going to raise rates, they already bought the dollar, right? They, you know, there's nobody left to buy it, right? It's buy the rumor, sell the facts. So even if they raise rates, they're probably going to sell the dollar on the news. But that knee-jerk reaction was to buy the dollar. But quickly, the dollar began to sell off, and the sell-off intensified during the Q&A session. So by the time they rang the closing bell on the Forex markets, not that they actually closed, I mean, they kind of trade 24 hours, but around the time that the stock market closed, the dollar was on the lows of the day. And in particular, I'll point out a couple of standouts. Uh, The Swedish kroner, the dollar hit a five-month low against the Swedish krona, and it hit a seven-month low against the British pound. So you're starting to see uh, some cracks in the dollar's armor, right? The dollar is starting to break down technically 
as we get closer and closer to the time where the Fed is supposed to be raising rates and is not doing it. And again, I think the big revelation is going to be the fact that the Fed never really had intention to raise rates, or even if they had intention, they're not going to be able to follow through because the economy is not going to be as weak as the Fed thinks it is. And as Janet Yellen has already reassured us, if the Fed ends up being wrong again, and they have overestimated the strength of the U.S. economy again, then these rate hikes are off the table, right? Rates are going to stay at zero, and a fresh round of QE uh, is all queued up and ready to go. Uh, again, you know, if you've been waiting for my uh, video blog, uh, for you know, my updates or my analysis on the markets or the economy, I know it's been a long time since I recorded the last one. You don't have to wait to the video blogs. Make sure and tune in to my podcasts at shiftradio.com. I do those far more frequently than the video blogs. You just can't, you just can't see my face, but you can still hear my voice. And so shiftradio.com for my podcasts. You can also see them. We upload them to my YouTube channel as well at The Shift Report. Bye for now.